Um, we're going to be continuing our study in Ephesians chapter 6. You can turn there in your Bibles now. The first four verses, one through four, will be in there. I'll be reading from the ESV. And uh, man, I am going to have to pray as I'm preaching to figure out what I'm not going to share because we're short on time. But if you remember last week, Pastor Nick took us through the end of Ephesians 5, and it was husbands and wives and submission. Um, and if there was any doubt of the Lord's favor on my life and mercy, the text I'm preaching lands right in between wives submit to your husbands and slaves and masters. Thank you, Lord. I'm not preaching that text. I'll be praying for you. God bless you as you prepare that message. Uh, but Nick took us through the biblical authority and God's design and plan and purpose behind that. And he shared a John Stott quote, quote I'm going to run through real quick. I think it's really important to recap. If you missed last week, uh, the sermons online, uh, every week as we're going through Ephesians, every week builds on the, the previous week. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen. But John Stott says this, the God of the Bible is a God of order and his ordering of human life in the state and the family he has established certain authority or leadership roles. And since such authority, though exercised by human beings, is delegated to them by God. Others are required conscientiously to submit to it. Submission is a humble recognition of the divine ordering of society. He tells wives to be submissive to their husbands, as to the Lord. Children, obey their parents and the Lord and slaves to be obedient to their earthly masters as to Christ. That is, behind the husband, the parent, and the master, they must discern the Lord himself who has given them their authority. Then, if they wish to submit to him, they will submit to them, since it is his authority which they exercise. The same is true of the mutual submission expected of all Christian people. It is out of reverence for Christ that we are to submit to one another, the Christ who both wields authority as Lord and humbled himself as servant. Leadership roles are given by God, and they are for our good. If you find yourself in a position of leadership, we are to lead like Jesus did. He is our example, humbly and loving, full of compassion and love for those underneath. If you're under someone else's authority, out of reverence for Christ, we submit to their authority and honor and obey what they are saying, unless they are leading you to sin unless they are leading you to disobey Christ, then that's a whole different story. We'll touch on that a little bit in a moment. Uh, but today we get the opportunity to talk about children and parents. Parents, who's ready for the kids to go back to school tomorrow? Yeah, I don't know. Some people are like, I don't know if I should celebrate that, but internally really happy. <laughs> uh, and a few weeks ago, I'm taking my, my two younger kids into the nursery uh, my youngest, Charlotte, who's two, my son, who's three and a half, Nico, and I'm walking with them, and we're in a season we still haven't fully come out of, but they're a season of rebellion and maybe bad attitudes, so I'm talking to them as they're going into nursery and prepping, communicating clearly of what I expect from there and their, uh, uh, with their behavior, and I say, all right, be good in there, listen, okay, and be nice, and my daughter, Charlotte, is walking in with a big smile on her face, and she goes, not me. And walks right in. <laughs> so the Lord has a sense of humor that I would be preaching on parenting. Uh, and, and the points for today, if you're taking notes, it's going to be very simple. I don't have a, a three-point perfect sermon for you. We have two points, and it's very simple as a text. The first one is the call to children, obey and honor. 
to the call to parents, discipline and instruct. I'm going to read the text now. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we surrender to you this morning. We thank you for who you are and and where we are right now, Lord, is all by your hand and guiding hand in our life. We trust your leadership. We thank you that, Lord, we are, are prone to wander, yet you pursue us. What a God we serve. What a father we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God, the hope we have for all of eternity. Jesus, we love you and thank you, and I just pray, Lord, that you would be magnified, that all eyes, including myself, would shift horizontally to vertically to you, Jesus. Everything of this world will wither away, but you, Jesus, are eternal and everlasting. There's no one like you. So we thank you, Lord, and just ask that you would get your glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The charge to children, obey and honor. The first point is obey. And I won't look over there too much because my nieces and nephew are over there. I don't want to pretend like their parents paid me money to say certain things. Um, But obey. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to understand what Paul is telling the church in Ephesus in this letter that he wrote. Some of the kids are probably like, nah, Jake, look at the Greek. It's got to mean something else. It doesn't. Obey. Obey your parents. Obey your parents. And children, you may think, oh, they're a little out of touch. They don't know everything that I now know. I've grown in knowledge. And I mean, my dad still reads the newspaper. Everyone knows you get news from TikTok. Like, this is life now. They're They're so past where I, ha- I am so much further than that where they are. And my necessary rebuttal to that would be, didn't Jesus, didn't Jesus know more than his earthly parents? Yet the scriptures show us that he submitted to them and honored them. Luke chapter 2, and he, Jesus, went down with them, his parents, and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. It was Jesus' desire to be in the synagogue and in his father's house, he says, but his earthly parents were saying, you have to come with us, and he submitted to them. Jesus, the one who is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory, submitted to man, yet how often do we think we have rights to resist the authority that God has placed over us? And I've already touched on the abuse of authority, that's a different story but the genuine authority that God has placed over us and the growing in knowledge as Jesus grew in knowledge, that growth in knowledge didn't eliminate the command of honoring your mother and father. That, re- that command remains. And he says, obey your parents in the Lord. Paul is saying, don't just do all these things for just your parents' sake. You aren't doing it just for your parents' sake. You're doing it unto the Lord. It's part of your Christian duty that everything we are to do is to honor the Father in heaven and everything else will flow from that. And I've heard it said this way before, obedience that pleases God means choosing to do what someone God has put in authority tells you to do because you trust and love God. 
And that's the question. Do we trust and love God? Do we trust that his plan is better than our plan for our life? Even if he's maybe put us in a place of where we're living, the people who are over us, we don't really like that much. Or maybe they're a little unreasonable with what they tell us to do. Or maybe it's that, that boss that we have at work. Maybe that's the, the burden. Do we trust our Father in heaven that he has a perfect plan for us? That is the difficult question that we have to wrestle with. And I've already touched on if, if there's abuse of authority, and uh, that's a whole different story. And if you currently are in a situation like that where leadership is leading you to disobey Christ, then I would ask for you to run to the Father in prayer and run to a counsel from another brother and sister in Christ. Talk to one of the elders here, Nick, the pastor here. We'd love to talk with you and, and work through that and, and lead you um, on the path of righteousness um, out of wherever you are. But we got to move on. Looking at verse 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So not only are we trying to acknowledge our, our parents with our obedience, we have to honor them as well with our respect. That might sit a little tough for some of us, whether they deserve it or not. As children, when we grow into adulthood naturally, in adulthood, naturally when we grow up, we move, we get married, we leave and cleave, the obedience structure, the relationship naturally, biblically changes. But the call to honor remains. The call to honor remains. Some of you may want to talk to me after the service, like, hey man, you don't know my mom. <laughs> don't laugh too loud. Uh, you don't know my dad. And like I said, not to be harsh, Paul doesn't give a disclaimer. What he's quoting, the commandment doesn't give a disclaimer of honor your mother and father so long as they are reasonable. Honor your father and mother so long as they are enjoyable to be around. There's no disclaimer for that. And uh, growing up, I was blessed with, you probably heard about her a bunch through Nick's preaching, but a, a Russian grandmother. Anyone have a Russian grandmother here? Yeah, all right. God bless them. I, I love, love my Russian grandmother. And I'll say this. I, I want to honor her as well as I was thinking about this. Of, man, what she did and her testimony of, of fleeing Russia in the 40s and coming to America, and most of her family didn't survive. As I look back of the Lord's hand of protection over her life to get her to where she was, I wouldn't be standing here right now. The goodness of God, and, and as we zoom out and see the Father's hand guiding every step of our lives before we're even born, that's the goodness of our Father in heaven. So I want to say that before I go into this, but she was with that, a very stubborn lady, a little difficult, a little harsh, a lot of yelling growing up, um, not very accepting, yet as I, I was thinking through this this week, man, my, my father led my brother and I there almost weekly. Almost weekly. Cutting the grass, cleaning the gutters, fixing the car that has mysterious damage on that we don't know about. <laughs> like looking through crime reports, like any hit and runs in the area, good, good Lord. Uh, fixing the TV that mysteriously kept breaking every time as if like she wanted us to come back and fix it. That's not confirmed, but it is confirmed. She was doing that for sure. But my father set the example of honoring his mother who was so hard to honor. 
He showed my, my, my son, my son right here, Nick. <laughs> Little buddy. Uh, <laughs> he showed my brother and I the example of honoring no matter what you're presented with. And I'm so thankful for that. In some other ways, we can honor our parents or bosses, parent, like mother-in-law, father-in-law. Some of you are like, Jake, you've gone too far. Be praying for them. I think naturally when we have a kind of bitterness in our hearts, we are more inclined to not pray for people. If we're, we're bitter and salty about a, a difficult relationship, we're not going to pray for them because honestly in our hearts, we don't really, they've hurt us. We don't really care about them. That's a heart issue. We need to be praying for them. So praying for them, being gentle and kind in our responses, listening to them as they complain about what happened at Bingo Friday night, all of these things, being gentle and kind and honoring. We look at the rest of the verse. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the uh, land. And this is being quoted from Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long. And that may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So Moses is giving his last long speech of exhortation to God's people before he passes the baton. And in this section, he's reiterating all that God has commanded. Later in that same chapter, Moses comments on how the Lord said that if the Israelites are obedient and do what God has commanded, it will go well with them in the land he has given them. This is the promised land. John Piper says that Paul quoting this promise in Ephesians 6 is not promising long life, but saying, if it is well with you, you will live long. The reward, the promise is that of an abundant life. And Jesus says in John 10.10 that I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. So not only is Jesus our example to follow, he is our reward. He is everything that our heart desires whether we realize it or not Jesus is everything we need he fills all things and his heart is for us not against us so we're struggling to honor and obey our parents or whoever's in authority over us Nick will touch on that a little more next week I'm sure but remembering Jesus's submission and surrender on the cross in Philippians 2 being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. So the love of Christ and his blood being poured out for us, that deep love should compel us to want to honor and obey our parents. It's not the love and honor from the parents, our earthly parents give us, but it's what we've received from Jesus, our Father in heaven. That propels us forward to honor and obey but we got to move on to parents and the charge to us as parents. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do not provoke. Paul here is mentioning not the exercise of, but the restraint of the authority that's given. He's not saying, lord this over your kids and crush them. He's saying, careful with it. Careful with it because you can crush them. John Stott unpacks it this way. Parents can easily misuse their authority by either making irritating or unreasonable demands which make no allowances for the inexperience or immaturity of children by harshness or cruelty, humiliating or suppressing them, 
or by those two vindictive weapons, sarcasm or ridicule. He goes on to say that these are just some of the parental attitudes that can provoke anger and resentment in children. And I don't know about you, but this was really convicting for me this week. What we say to our children matters. What we say to each other obviously matters, but even more so those underneath us. There is weight with our words, and we, are we adding more weight on the shoulders of our children with what we're saying, or are we giving them a light burden? We can't weigh them down. Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Proverbs 15, soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, I think it was like a week ago, I was sitting next to my son, and we were watching a TV show, and... You know, we're just doing what guys do. We're sitting next to each other, not talking, watching TV, and this awesome fellowship and camaraderie. Uh, and I don't know why I did this. This isn't normally like me, if I'm honest with you. And I just, I looked at my son, and I just kind of patted him on the chest. and was like, hey, buddy, I, I love you. You're a good kid. And it was, uh, his face just lit up. It was just the biggest smile ever. Everything changed in his face. It was like just life poured into him. And the drastic reaction made me think, holy smokes, i got to say this more often. I'm not saying this enough. Just a small word lit my son up. Ah. About a minute goes by, and he whispers to me, Papa, sometimes I'd be bad, though. <laughs> Uh, and in that moment, I was able to, to tell him, hey, buddy, me too. Me too. Yet, our Father in heaven loves us and cares for us and forgives us. There is grace for us. We both just nod our heads, smiled, and kept watching TV. <laughs> but just the thinking through that of the, the story of, man, just my love towards my son naturally kind of led him to kind of a conviction and after that conviction, I just hammered home more love to him. It was a beautiful sandwich that the Father does for us. Of We experience his love for us, his faithful, steadfast, unconditional love towards us that leads us to a, a gentle conviction, and then he hammers home more love. That's our Father. He loves and cares for us and wants to know that he is near and he cares. He is near and he cares. So I'd encourage you moving forward of... Just maybe pray about it, of, of asking the Lord, hey, where are maybe some areas I'm not speaking life to my children? Maybe I'm not speaking death, but am I actually speaking life to them? Am I encouraging them? If you're like me, you don't really, you're probably already starting to think of some things before you go to prayer, and that's probably a great place to start, but I'd still encourage you to go and pray and ask the Lord to lead you in that. And we got to move on to our final section of our passage. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now Paul is giving two positive exhortations for us to follow, starting with discipline. And discipline is a bit controversial in our culture today, in society. It's seen as harsh and oppressive, and when abused, we've already talked about it. Yes, it is. But let's not go to society, let's go to the Scriptures. What does Scripture say about discipline? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. 
It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. The author of Hebrews is saying God the Father loves us so much, and out of that love he disciplines us because when we need discipline, when we need instruction, we are headed on a course to destruction. And it would be unloving not to give a warning. It would be unloving not to discipline and say, hey, I don't want to see you go down this path. I have to discipline you. I have to instruct you this way. This way, my child. It's the love of the Father. So when we wrestle with, man, disciplining our kids is is tough. It's very, very tough. But if we don't discipline, it's unloving. That's what the scriptures are saying. Um, And and I want to say this. Discipline for every family is going to look differently. Every child is different. They respond differently to different things. We we all know this. But it's about praying and asking the Father and and understanding and knowing the sheep, the, the children that he has blessed us with of how they respond to things. And going to him first and seeking counsel from more veterans in the game of parenting and what they have done that has helped, that is a great thing to do as well. And uh, we'll move to the second part of instruction of the Lord. And what does that look like? How do we know the instruction of the Lord? Just read the Bible. We go to the Bible and read it. We don't need some kind of crazy, you know, uh, experience to understand the Lord can give that and let it be, Lord, I want that. But we have the scriptures, We have the scriptures to read, so it's reading with our kids, sharing what the Lord is doing. Even that story with Nico, sharing kind of that gospel message of him saying that, that was a great opportunity to just, hey, hey buddy, me too. Share the gospel and the love of the Father with him. We have these opportunities, and um, if you're feeling uh, very uh, unequipped or unqualified in many ways like myself, Michelle already talked about it for the parenting seminar uh, September 16th, encourage you to go. We have this book in our bookstore, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, The Power of Intentional Parenting. Uh, it's 10 bucks on uh, the counter in the lobby. This one's free for whoever comes up and grabs it if you would like some resources for anyone. You want it? You went forward first. <laughs> hey, I saw movement over here. There you go, buddy. <laughs> So pick up a copy of that book. It's very helpful. We need all the help we can get. I'll speak for myself. I need all the help I can get with with parenting. But when we look at the training up, the instruction of our children, and we go to the classic Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Spurgeon says, train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure you go that way yourself. Poof. Oh, tried to like men in black delete that from my brain. That was a little etch-a-sketch. Get that out of there. Um, we can't lead our kids anywhere where we are not. We can't lead anyone anywhere if we aren't there ourselves or have been there ourselves. We have to be setting the example as parents of what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to submit to his instruction and sharing that with them of how we're submitting and being open with them, just as Jesus submitted to the Father and gave us the example of that submission. In Matthew 26, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying alone the night of his betrayal, and what he's looking at soon is the crucifixion, and he's pleading with the Father that he may not have to go forward with what is being presented to him. His heart is aching. And we can, uh, RJ, you can pull up that verse, Matthew 26. 
And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Talk about submission. And the example of Jesus Christ submitting to the Father, honoring his mother and father on earth, the beautiful design that God has for the family structure. And where would we be without the submission of Jesus? I wouldn't be here right now. We look to Jesus for the example of submitting. And, um, yeah, we're going to slowly wrap up here. And, and I know this can be a heavy message. This can maybe bring up some past hurts in your life of bad relationships or current relationships you're going through. And I, I want you to leave here with hope. There is so much hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He is everything we need. He is all of our hope for all of eternity. He is the one our heart longs for, whether we realize it or not. So children, my encouragement to you would be your earthly parents, your earthly mother, your earthly father, are nothing like your heavenly father. Your heavenly father, maybe you've, you've had some difficult relationships in the past and, and you're dealing with some wounds or there's one who's never abandoned you. His eyes have been on you. He's for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's actually pleased with you. I think sometimes the, the problem for, for believers is you can be walking through life and have a bad relationship with your mom and dad and cast that shadow onto our perfect father in heaven and say, God's not pleased with me. I have to keep working. God's not happy with the, the fruit that I'm producing. I've got to work harder. That's not from the Lord. It's not biblical. And that's a natural thing that we can do, but know that your Father loves you and cares for you and wants you to commune with him. Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So as we abide in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and our, our goal in our life is to commune with him, follow him, honor and glorify him, naturally the action of honor and obedience will flow. So our chief goal, our aim as believers here this morning is abide in Christ. I'm not, I, I don't want you to leave here with, I just got to do better. We got to go home today and schedule out our discipleship discipleship track with our kids and do all these different things and that that is great but we first have to be abiding with christ we have to lead if we men were walking around the house and we're trying to get our kids to be submissive and obedient and self-controlled yet we're walking around the house like a grenade with a pin pulled what example are we setting we want self-control, yet we are completely out of control. And the thing with kids, I uh, read this week, and it's so true, kids are hypocrisy hunters. They can sniff out real quick that words and actions are not lining up. So our chief goal as children, as, as parents, is to abide in Christ, have him lead and guide. Everything is, is on him, and that relationship will flow out, and that is our goal. And for parents, there's hope for you. The pressure's off. You may be thinking, 
I feel so much more pressure now than uh, before you started speaking, Jake. And I'm sorry if that's the case. That's not my intention. But the pressure's off. Have you ever wondered, how am I not going to mess my kids up? How am I not going to mess my kids up? And the good news for us this morning is we are. How is that good news, Jake? That sounds horrible. There's no joy in that. No, I think the problem at, at the heart of it is we demand perfection from ourselves. And from that, we are disappointed, we're frustrated, and, and it leads to a lot of messy things. We have to receive grace first. We're leading by example. We have to receive grace first. The gospel is true for our children. It's also true for us. There's a throne of grace for us to approach. The Lord loves us, forgives us of the ways that we maybe mess up as parents, but acknowledging the fact that, hey, we will make some mistakes, and that's okay. It's not, the Lord knows that's not our heart's intention. That is okay. And the weight that that should kind of take off our, our shoulders because we get to point our kids, like Nico, of, man, I mess up all the time too. I mess up all the time too. But look up. Your Father in Heaven's perfect. I may let you down a lot in life. He won't. He won't. And I know that because I've experienced it. He won't let you down. Band, you can come on up. I heard a, uh, I think he's a pastor, uh, maybe a couple months ago, talk about his relationship with his dad, and he had such a, a rough relationship where he was just working, working, trying to earn the approval from his dad. He'd work with his fingers to the bone and look. Dad wouldn't approve, wouldn't love him, and he, his heart's longing was for approval of his father, and he wasn't getting it. And he went to a uh, Japanese steakhouse and ordered an appetizer. And he's like me. I want, like, loaded nachos for an appetizer. I want lots of food. And three little leaves come out. And he's like, what is this nonsense? It was, and he asked the waitress, what, what is this? She goes, this isn't supposed to fill you. This is just supposed to whet your appetite for the main course. And he felt like the father was telling him that everything your heart's been longing for from earthly parents is found in me, the main course. We put so much weight on our earthly parents looking for perfection from imperfection. It's not a knock on parents, but we aren't the perfect ones. Our Father in heaven is perfect. Everything our heart longs for, we have been designed, created beautifully to honor, worship, and follow him. And he loves and cares for his children. So if you're dealing with any bit of shame or condemnation, there, uh, I'd ask that you would come forward for prayer after um, worship. We're going to have a prayer team on either side of the stage. We'd love to pray for you. If there's any bit of shame or guilt that maybe your, your kids are a mess and, and wandering and you feel like you've messed up completely, searching back in your parenting days when they were in the home of wondering, where did I go wrong? What did I do? If you're dealing with a burden of guilt or shame or even fear of messing your kids up, I'd ask that you come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray for you because that burden is not from the Lord. The burden you're carrying is not from the Lord. So his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Come to the Father this morning. We have an opportunity to respond that where we have been searching for something from our parents here on earth that maybe we haven't received. Everything we need is in our Father in heaven. Everything is in him. So I'm going to um, let you take communion on your own time, and I'm, I'm going to pray, and we'll close with worship and a benediction.
Jesus said, take this in remembrance of me. So this morning we remember, Jesus, your submission to the Father. Where would we be today if you didn't submit to your Father in heaven? Jesus, we thank you for the example you've given, and we thank you that you are our reward. You are everything, whether we realize it or not, you are everything we need. So if you've been wandering and searching, trying to fill those holes in your heart, and you found that you're just more depressed, anxious, and addicted to things of this world, come to Jesus this morning and there is hope. There is hope in an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to leave here hopeless when you have hope for all of eternity. He is good. His peace is everlasting. His love is steadfast. He is eternal. And our relationship with him never ends. He is everything our hearts desire. He is worthy. As Jesus says, follow me. He is worthy. Jesus, you are worthy to be followed. Who else will we follow today?